God, again, thank you so much uh, for your great love for us. Thank you for this family of Chi Alpha, God, that we have on the campus uh, that I've honestly really missed seeing these last several weeks, and I'm so excited to be back with again. Um, God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless this community. Um, God, help us to love one another well. God, help us to reach out to the campus, reach out to classmates and, and roommates and, and friends, God, and, and, and knit them into the family of God as well. Share the gospel with them. Um, God, we want to see your kingdom come on this campus, your kingdom advance on this campus. We want to be a part of what you're doing here at the University of Memphis, God. Um, God, would you prepare our hearts to receive from your word, God, what you want to teach us tonight. Um, make our hearts good soil for your word to implant in and grow and bear a harvest of faith, a harvest of righteousness in us. God, would you shape and mold us to be the men and women of God that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Memphis is a special city, right? Is there anywhere like Memphis? Yeah, Memphis is unique. Memphis is special. Uh, there, there's not anywhere like it. How many of you native Memphians grew up in Memphis? Some of you. Some of you, some of you are Memphis by transplant. Some of you are like, I can't wait to get out. Some of you are like, I think I'm going to make my new home here. Some of you guys are trying to figure that out, and that's okay. Um, what, what, are some, what are some famous celebrities from Memphis? When you think of Memphis, what are some famous celebrities you think of? Mike Conley. I heard I heard Justin Timberlake, I heard some athletes. Juicy J. Juicy J. Juicy J. Oh, Juicy J. Yeah, he's one. Black Youngster. What about some guys? Young Youngster? What about some guys that Oh, I heard it. I heard it over here. Andy said Elvis. You guys heard of this guy? Yeah, he's from Mississippi, but he famously made home in Memphis. And you can still pay a whole lot of money and go visit and walk around his house in Graceland. And if you've never done that, you're probably all right. You can look at pictures online. Unless you're just like the biggest Elvis fan, you've got to see it. But I mean, it's something to see. It's pretty cool to see. Elvis, so what makes him unique? Like we list a lot of cool celebrities, and, and you probably all have your favorites. What makes Elvis unique is, unlike any celebrity I can even think of, this man has people that impersonate him, right? <laughs> all over the world. Like other, other celebrities have lookalikes and impersonators, but Elvis is on another level. Like there's got to be thousands and thousands of people that, for some of them, it's their full-time job to impersonate Elvis Presley, Right? Maybe it's just a hobby, but some of them, like that, that's, they do it like it's their job. They've got the costume, they, they wear their hair right, yeah, in, in Las Vegas, uh, all over. Man, I've seen TV specials where they, you know, in, in, in China, Japan, you've got these Elvis impersonators, right? And you're like, well, what in the world? But these people, these people that, that dress up like Elvis, they, they know how to hold their mouth right, they know how to make their voice sound right, they got the costume, uh, they, they become Elvis. How, I mean, how, how do they figure out how to look like Elvis and act like Elvis? They probably watched a lot of videos. So Elvis, in addition to being a musician, was a movie star as well. So thankfully, there's hours of tape you can watch and see how did Elvis do his hips. I can't do it. How did Elvis do his hips? How how did he do his his lip curl? How do how do he make the you know how do he make those different how do he sing and all this kind of stuff? I, I want to be just like him so I can impersonate him. Honestly, I have no idea why Elvis of all the celebrities. Why is Elvis the one that has thousands of impersonators all over the world? But he just does. Uh, these people that want to imitate Elvis, they study Elvis so they can be just like him. They want to be just like him. My son Thomas uh, is 12. 
and uh, he plays a lot of video games, a lot of PlayStation, a lot of Minecraft, a little bit of Fortnite, and more recently, Rocket League. Do you guys know this game? Rocket League is, is soccer with cars, right? So if you've not seen it, you've got a, a, a soccer-type field, and you've got these, these cars that you control, and you're knocking the ball into the goal. Um, it's wild. If you've never seen it before, it's wild. But my son, he likes to play Rocket League, but also, almost more than play, he likes to watch People play Rocket League on YouTube. Why? So that he can get better, right? He watches like the grand champions and the masters and the people that are winning tournaments to know, man, how do I get the, the car to dribble the ball like they do into the goal? How do, I, how do I do these crazy stunts with my car on this game? And so he'll watch hours of YouTube video of someone else playing a video game. And you guys don't have to raise your hands, but some of y'all have done that. Some of y'all have watched, watched, okay, you, you raise your hand anyway, okay, that's fine. Well, I watch YouTube of someone else playing a video game so you can figure out how to do that level, so you can figure out how to, how to get those skills. Uh, I want to be able to play like they play, so I'm going to study so I can be just like them. I want to be just like them. My son wants to be like, just like those grand champion Rocket Leaguers, and they've got their car like flying through the air and doing stuff that a car can never ever do, um, and shooting goals and stuff. But he, he, want, he watches that because he wants to get better. He wants to be like that. Uh, athletes do this all the time. I mean, athletes, of course, they're spending time in the gym. Of course, they're spending time on the field and doing drills, but they also spend time watching tape of other athletes. Why? Because they want to see how they do it, right? They, they watch the best of the best, the pros to see, man, how do they, what do they do with the body? What's the little, little thing they do different that gives them an edge that they're the best in the world and I'm not, right? And so they'll, they'll watch tape. They'll watch tape of the other team to see how they do it. They'll watch tape uh, of the pros to see how they can do it. Athletes, um, now they don't spend all their time watching TV. That's why they're athletes and we're not, right? But, but they do spend some time studying how other athletes do it. Or maybe they go to the gym, you're lifting weights, and, and you see a guy uh, that he looks like he lifts weights pretty good. Jackie came to the YMCA with me the other day um, because it's, it's really cold out and it's probably raining that day too. Uh, she normally likes to run outside, but this day she came and rain, ran inside because it was probably in the 30s and, and wet outside. Um, and uh, the, the weight room is upstairs, and, and she came up to, uh, to say hi to me up there um, as I'm doing my thing lifting weights. Um, and she's noticing some of the weights are very large, and, and to the point where it's like no one could even lift that. And I'm like, you say that, but you see that dude over there? Like, like he can curl those things like it's nothing. This dude is huge. He looks like a real-life superhero, right? Uh, and, and, and sure enough, you know, but before we left there, he came over and picked up those weights and, and, and was curling them and doing something that's like... I mean, I want to study that guy. Like, how does that guy lift weights? And guys in the gym will be like, well, what's that exercise you did? I have never even heard of that exercise. Sometimes you're in the gym and you see people do something like, man, I want to, I want to figure out how you do it, right? So athletes will, will watch tape. They'll study people because they say, I want to be like you. I want to do it like you do it. I want to do it like you do it. I want to be just like you. One more. When I was, uh, when I was in middle school, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, I wanted to be an artist, right? A, a cartoonist, a comic book artist. And I had this guy that I really, really liked. His name was Mark Bagley that I would study because I wanted to draw Spider-Man just like him, right? And so I would have like the comic book laid open and I have my drawing paper next to it and I would draw page for page. I would try to draw every muscle, every vein, every little detail, and I want to get just like him, and I would draw day after day after day so I could get better. I still don't draw like Mark Bagley, right? But, but as I studied what he did, and as I, I tried to draw what like he drew, I did get better and better and better, right? Because I wanted to be like him, right? I wanted to be like him. I wanted to draw Spider-Man someday. That, that was like my, my dream job when I was in middle school. I was like, man, someday I want to draw Spider-Man. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study. I'm going to try to be like this guy. I wanted to be like him. People will study 
hours of video to become more like their favorite athlete, their favorite musician, analyzing every little detail of how exactly they do what they do. If we want to be like them, we've got to study them, right? We've got to study how they do it. But do we devote that same kind of energy to becoming more like Jesus? Do we devote that same kind of energy to imitating Jesus, emulating the life of Jesus? In the person of Jesus, we have our perfect moral and spiritual example. The perfect example. Right? If we can point to someone on the earth who's lived a perfect life, Right? There's, there's literally only the one. Right? He's, he's our only example of a person who, who did it perfectly. Right? Start to finish, he nailed it. Each and every one of us have, have times that we've blown it, have times that we've failed, sometimes failed spectacularly. I'm thankful for God's grace in those moments. I mean, Jesus did it perfectly. Um, if there's someone I want to study the life of, right? Are, are we studying to figure out how we can be more like him? If there's anyone in the world I would want to be like, be more like it'd be it'd be more like Jesus. When you read about how Jesus treated people, right? Do we want to treat people like Jesus? When we read about uh, how Jesus prayed, the wisdom and compassion that Jesus exhibited, the humility and the kindness that Jesus embodied. Man, if there's any person in the world I'd want to be like, I want to be like him. Man, how can I be more like Jesus? Uh, you know, it's great if I can man, study. YouTube tape and, and be better at, at soccer cars, right? Um, that, that's fine. It's better if I can figure out how to be more like Jesus, right? It's cool if I can become a better artist, right, or a better athlete or a better musician or grow in these areas, but, but it's so much more important that I grow to be more like Jesus. And so the Apostle John, uh, one of Jesus' disciples and closest friends, he writes to us in one of his letters to the church that if we're going to call ourselves Christians... Uh, If we're going to say that we know God, if we're going to say that we're following Christ, then we've got to be modeling uh, our life after His life. Um, And if we're being honest, are we modeling our life after Jesus? John says, man, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, then you've got to model your life after His life. Specifically, uh, he says in 1 John uh, 2, verse 6, whoever claims to be in God must walk as Jesus walked. He must live as Jesus lived. He says, if you're going to claim to be a Christian, you're going to claim to know God, um, that's a big claim to make. And people expect to see it played out in your life, right? When we hear people claim that and we don't see it in their life, man, what do we call those people? Hypocrites, Hypocrites is a nice word. Yeah, we, we call those kind of, the, the world is full of way too many fake religious people, right? Who say they believe one thing and you see it nowhere in their life. John, John says, you can't do that. If you're going to claim to know God, you've got to live as Jesus lived. Uh, l- l- let's take a look at that verse in context. Uh, they're, they're in 1 John chapter 2. Um, 1 John chapter 2. He starts by saying this, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. So before we can talk about living like Jesus, we need to know who Jesus is. Uh, And John tells us here on these first two verses who Jesus is. Who, Who is this Jesus we're talking about? Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, capital R-O, the Righteous One, the Righteous One, the Holy One, the Messiah, the Christ, 
the Savior. This was not just a regular guy. This is not just another great wise teacher, another smart rabbi, another charismatic cult personality that gained a following. No, this guy was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Holy How do we know that he was a son of God? Right? Because that's a pretty big claim to make. Because he worked miracles. Because after being put to death, he rose from the dead and appeared to hundreds of eyewitnesses so that they can know for sure he was who he claimed to be, the righteous one. Um, Jesus died on the cross, and he says that 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 death was an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And when Jesus hung there and died on the cross, uh, God worked the greatest miracle in all of history. He took the punishment that I deserve for everything I've ever done wrong. Right? The punishment that we all deserve for all the things we've done wrong. Times we've been prideful, times we've been selfish, times we've done things that hurt other people or hurt ourselves, times we've offended God, what the Bible calls sin. Right? He took the punishment we deserve from that and laid it on Jesus instead. Right? That Jesus took the weight of that on the cross. So instead of receiving wrath and punishment from God, we receive grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. And when we put our trust in Jesus and what He did on the cross for us, God adopts us, welcomes us into the family of God, forgives our sins, cleans us, gives us a fresh start in Him, makes us a brand new creation. Praise the Lord, right? He says, that's who this Jesus is. So this person that we need to emulate uh, is not just a person, right? He, he, he's a man, but also fully God. He's the Messiah. He, he, he's the one that takes away our sins and makes us right with God. Not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. That's the good news of the gospel, right? That Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world, for your classmate, for your roommate, for your friend that's far from God, right, that probably needs to hear that. Uh, that that Jesus Christ died for them and didn't didn't stay dead, but three days later rose from the dead, uh, confirming He was who He says He was, right? So John continues. We know that we've come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, I'm a Christian, and He's got a lot of people that are going to say they're a Christian, particularly in the South, particularly in Memphis, right? In the Bible, about a lot of people that maybe grew up going to church, a lot of people that would self-identify as a Christian, He says, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a what? A liar. John says, if you claim to be a believer, claim to be a Christian, but you're not obeying Jesus, you're just fooling yourself. You're just lying. The truth is not in that person. Verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, Jesus' word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know that we are in him. Verse 6, and again, this is our focus for tonight. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Right? If there's any life in the world we want to emulate, we want to emulate the life of Jesus. How do we live like Jesus lived? That's what we're talking about tonight. And and tonight is the start of a a new series uh, that we're going to call Live Like Jesus. And each week we're going to look at a different part of Jesus' life and how we can do that, right? A different, a different part of Jesus' life. And man, how can I live more like that? How can I make my life look more like that? And we're going to look at uh, episodes in the life of Jesus uh, and, and, and to exemplify different character things that we want to see in our own lives, right? And so over the next several weeks, we're going to focus in on different things. But around that theme of uh, we want to live as Jesus did, right? We want our lives to look like His life. Because um, that's the whole point, right? Um, it's, it's not just trying to, to, to live a good life, uh, but I want to live a Jesus life, right? I don't want, it's not about, man, what can I get away with and God still let me into heaven? No, I want to be more like Jesus each and every day. 
Right? More like Jesus. My life more full of the things His life was full of. I saw a quote just earlier this week that says, Do we live Christ-like or do we just try to do things Christ-likes? Do we live Christ-like or do we just try to do things Christ-likes? Right? So when we think about our life, is it like, okay, I'm just going to do things that I know God approves of. I'm going to do things that I know aren't blatant, obvious sins and hope God approves of all these decisions I make. Or am I actively thinking about how can I be more like Jesus? How can I make my priorities like Jesus' priorities? Right? How can I make my motives and my emotions more like Jesus' motives and emotions? How can I make my thoughts more like Jesus' thoughts instead of just barely skirting by and hoping, God, am I doing what you like? Yeah, am I trying to be Christ-like or am I just hoping God likes what He sees when He looks at my life? There's a difference. You guys see the difference? And the difference is uh, living like Jesus lived, making sure our lives emulate Him in all these different areas. Uh, the Apostle Paul also tells us several times in his letters that as believers we should imitate God and follow the example of Jesus. Um, we're just going to hit, hit a couple of these, um, but you're going to see this several times in the New Testament telling you, uh, and live like Jesus lived. Walk like Jesus walked. Be an imitator of Jesus. Ephesians 5 verse 1 is a good one. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Be imitators of God. Instead of an Elvis personator, right? Instead, instead of trying to be just like your great, the greatest athlete that you want to model yourself after, be an imitator of God. Be an imitator of God. As what? As beloved children. Children imitate their parents. You guys seen this? Children do what they see their parents doing, for better or worse. That's not always a good thing. Yeah. Um, Jack and I have three kids. We have a, a 12-year-old son and two daughters, uh, 11 and 9. Um, and, and when they're when they're growing up, uh, there's a lot of exciting moments. Uh, there, there's precious moments uh, where you get to see uh, and get to see their their characters develop. And and sometimes you see good stuff in them that looks like you, right? That's like oh. Um, oh, they, they've got a beautiful voice like their mom, you know, or, or they're, oh, look at them being, being kind, or look at them doing this. Sometimes you see stuff in them that you don't like, and you know they also got that from you, right? Um, Derek and Allie are also parents. They're, their kids are a little smaller. Uh, but, but I'm sure there's something, sometimes Jaden does something and you want to get mad, but you know that she learned that from me, yeah? And some, sometimes my son Thomas will do something and I'm like, I, I could be mad at them, but like, who taught them to do that for real? Uh, children imitate their parents. They do it. Um, as much as children, especially when they get in their teenagers, don't want to think they imitate their parents. Now, I'm my own person, right? Mom and dad can't tell me nothing. Uh, we still end up doing it. We have those moments where it's like, oh, no, I'm just like my dad. Oh, no, I'm just like my mother. Like, the, the way we think, the things we say, a phrase will come out of my mouth. It's like... I'm turning into my parents, and I can't even help it. Um, children naturally imitate their parents. They don't even mean to do it. Uh, so, so when Paul here is saying, be imitators of God as beloved children, well, man, when we put our faith in Jesus, God's adopted us in His family as children. You are a daughter of God, a son of God. And because there's that familial relationship, we need to be imitating our Heavenly Father in the same way little kids imitate their parents. Man, we need to find ourselves saying the things that our Heavenly Father says. We need to find ourselves doing the things our Heavenly Father does. And if it's not just automatic, not just instinct, it means we probably not spend enough time with them. Right? The reason kids imitate their parents is because they don't have a lot of examples. Right? Like, they spend... Kendrick spends what percentage of his day with a parent? 
Like almost 100% at this point, right? Uh, kids spend, like, like you, have, you have lives outside of your children. Your children is basically just you for huge chunks of the time. They don't have anyone else to, to imitate but you. And then I guess whatever they see on the TV um, or, or daycare or whatever. But the, the, the primary influence in their life is going to be that parent. And it's that huge amount of time spent with them that they start to even subconsciously I- imitate. Um, if our lives don't look like God, if it's difficult for us to imitate God, and maybe we've not spent enough time with them. We need to spend more time with our Father, and then as beloved children, we're going to find ourselves imitating Him. The good things. They're not really bad things to imitate with God. That's the nice part about that. Um, it's, it's not like my kids when they pick up my bad habits, right? You spend time with God, and, and, and you're going to find your habits improving. You're going to find yourself doing, saying things that He did. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Uh, another verse to look at, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is the end of chapter 10, the beginning of, of chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, this is Paul writing to a, a church that he planted in the city of Corinth in ancient Greece. I've got a couple, I've got two different versions up there because I, I like them both for different reasons. Uh, the NIV there says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Right? So whatever you do, I mean, going to class, going to work, in Taco Bell, do it for the glory of God. Right? As you study, as you hang out with a friend, as you're playing Rocket League, do it for the glory of God. Do it in a way that honors God. Whatever you do, do it, do it to glorify God. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Right? So he planted this church. These people knew Paul. Said, you guys are imitating me. Well, I want you to know I'm imitating Christ. So continue to follow my example because I'm following Jesus. So you want to learn how to follow Jesus, then follow me. Uh, The New Living Translation puts it this way. He says, I don't just do what's best for me. I do what's best for others so that many people will be saved. Right? So that's an, uh, another, uh, another way to think about that concept of living for the glory of God is thinking about, man, how can, I, how can I live in such a way that the people around me will be saved? Right? Not just thinking what's best for me. It's so easy to get in that trap, just thinking, well, what's best for me? I'm going to lay out my day. I'm going to lay out my schedule. What's best for me? Right? These are the things I need to get done. These are the things I need to feed myself. I need to do this. Uh, I need to make sure this happens. But he says, when I'm thinking about my day, when I'm thinking about my schedule, when I'm thinking about my life, I'm not just thinking about what's best for me. I take the time to think about, you know, what does God want and what's best for the people around me so that as many people as possible can come to know God and be saved, right? That's having priorities like Jesus had, right? Jesus said that his purpose in coming was to seek and to save the lost, period, right? And so if we want to be more like Jesus, we need to have that same heart that's in Jesus. I want to seek and save the lost, are there a lot of lost people around us? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And God, God says, you're the answer to that, right? So don't just think about when you're, when you're planning your life, planning your day, planning your schedule, trying to figure out your week, trying to figure out priorities and what needs to go where. Don't just think about what's best for you. But being like Jesus is thinking about what's best for the people around me because there's a lot of people around me far from God that need to know the Lord. And how can I structure my life in such a way that I'm giving glory to God and drawing people into relationship with God in Christ? And again, he repeats that again, that that, that verse 1 of chapter 11. And imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. Would someone be able to imitate Christ by imitating you? Right? If someone was to look at your life, right? Uh, Maybe you make a friend. And, uh, and, And they become your little brother, little sister. And they want to be just like you because you are so cool. Right? If they start imitating your mannerisms, what you say, what you do, your attitude, if they start imitating you, will they also be imitating Christ? 
right? Can someone imitate your life if they want to know what it means to serve Jesus, live for Jesus? Hey, that's a tough one. I know that's heavy. That's heavy for me. I'm pastor, right? Uh, that's heavy stuff. But that's something we need to think about. Can someone, will someone be closer to Jesus if they imitate me? If someone were to take my schedule and do all the things that I do each day, would they be closer to God or farther from God? That's something we need to think about. Now we want to imitate Jesus. Can someone imitate us and then also imitate Jesus? Or are there some things in our life that need to change? And again, that's what this series is going to be about. You know, locking in on different things, tackling different things, one by one, looking at different things in Jesus' life that we want to see more in our life. So that more people can come to Christ, right? So that God can be exalted. Can other people imitate us by imitating Christ? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Last verse. Last verse I want to look at. And this will be familiar with many of you guys. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. You guys have heard this verse, but maybe not the, the second part here. Paul's writing uh, to, to Christians in Rome, and he says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Praise the Lord. That's good news, right? Yeah. That in your bad times and the difficult seasons, when everything's falling apart, that you can trust the Bible when it tells you God's going to make it all work together for your good because you love God and you're called according to His purpose. Because you're His kid. You belong to Him. He's going to make it work out. We don't maybe see it, right? We look at the broken pieces, we don't see how it's going to work out, but we can trust Him. And we can maybe look back in times in the past where He's done just that. We can look back at past seasons where it seems like things fall apart and He still brought good out of it, right? That's the promise. Again, you guys are familiar with that verse, um, but, but maybe not the second part quite as much. He says, for God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So the main idea here, God's got a plan for your life. Good days and bad days, God's got a plan for your life. He's going to make it work out. Well, the big part of that plan for your life is that, what's underlined there. big part of His plan for your life is for you to be conformed in the image of Jesus. A big part of His plan for Justin's life, for Matt's life, for Asia's life, for Ariana's life, is to make us more like Jesus. Right? That's His plan. Right? What, what, is I, what do I need to bring through? Bring her through to make her more like Jesus. What kind of events do I need to put in his path where he'll be more like Jesus? They may not always be fun events. They may not always be happy opportunities. But are they going to make you more like Jesus? Right? That, that's God's plan. That's God's will for your life to make you conformed in the image of his son. That each thing you go through, it should be making you more and more like Jesus. Our hearts should begin to look more like Jesus. Our minds, our thoughts should be more like Jesus. That's God's will for your life, that you become more like Jesus each day. Right? That each day you're a little more like Jesus than yesterday. Right? That this year I'm a little more like Jesus than last year. Right? That when I look back you know, in, in five years, ten years, that I'm more like Jesus now because of what God's brought me through. God's whole plan for your life involves making you more like Jesus in every way. And that's what we're going to, again, be looking at over these next several weeks. How can our lives begin to look more like Jesus? How do we love people like Jesus? How do we serve people like Jesus? How do we pray like Jesus prayed? How do we forgive people like Jesus? Right? How do we have that kind of missional go heart like Jesus? How do we be humble like Jesus? You know, each week we're going to look at a different one of those. We're going to zoom in on an episode in the life of Jesus and, and see how we can more conform our lives 
into the image of his life. So again, as people imitate us, they can, they can come closer to God. Each week we're going to tackle a different one of these and try to make our lives look more like Him. Uh, because again, the way we learn to be more like Jesus, uh, more than anything else, is again, spending time with Him and then studying Him. In the same way that, that athlete man, studies tape to try to figure out how to get better. Uh, in the same way my son, right, tries to study YouTube. How, how can I get better at soccer cars? Uh, you know, the, the way that we're going to become more like Jesus is studying the life of Jesus. It's going to mean spending time in the Scripture, spending time in His Word. It's going to mean spending time with Him in prayer, right? Spending time with your daddy, right? So that we start to imitate Him like children. Um, that's what it's going to look like for us. Looking at how He did things and looking at how we can change to be more like Him. Some people might say, Matt, that's impossible. I can't be like Jesus, right? Because Jesus is perfect, and I'm not. So this is, this is, there's no point in this, right? This is a, I'm going to fail from the start. There's no way I could possibly be like Jesus. Um, there's no way I could ever do the things that he did. I know me. I know my bad habits. I know my proclivities. I can't do it, right? So what's the point? Um, and that's a good point. I want to encourage you with this. Um, when God set Jesus to be our example, to be our model, he didn't place him out of reach. He did everything he could to place him in reach, so to speak, to make his life an attainable life. When Jesus was born, man, we celebrated Christmas uh, a little over a month ago, right? And we and talk about Jesus' humble beginnings. You know, Jesus wasn't born in a fancy hospital or a palace, right? Uh, in, in a fancy palace, in a fancy castle, a fancy kingdom uh, with all this wealth and money. Um, you know, Jesus was born in relatively low income bracket there, right? And lived a life of mostly poverty, you know, lived his life as a homeless person, itinerant teacher traveling around. He said, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. I don't have a house, right? Uh, people would take care of him. You know, pe- people would give, give to him and the disciples. People would feed them and, and let them stay places. But um, he, he didn't live in the lap of luxury. I don't want anyone to get that confused. He didn't have some castle there in Jerusalem that he was held up in with, with solid gold, everything. Right? That wasn't Jesus. Because if Jesus was... Did Jesus deserve all that? Yeah, right? But he humbled himself and said, I'm not going to grab hold of that. I'm going to live in humility so that my life can be more attainable to you. Because we could look at Jesus and be like, man, I could probably be morally perfect too if I was rich and had no problems at all, right? These problems get me frustrated and then I act out because I'm frustrated. If I had money and all my bills met, maybe I wouldn't be like that. No, he's going to take away that excuse. No, Jesus was broke. <laughs> right? God took care of him. God took care of him, but, but, but he wasn't living in the lap of luxury. Right? He, he didn't have all, all these benefits. Right? Uh, in fact, the Bible says, man, he emptied himself of all the benefits, all the privileges that he would have being God, and he was entitled to being God. He, in, in his humility, emptied himself of all of that to live just a humble, regular human life like you and me to say, man, this is possible. This is attainable. You can do this. You can do this. The last point, though, is that it's not possible by ourselves, though. Right? We need His strength. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. None of us can live the Christian life on our own. It is impossible. But, man, with God's strength, with God's help, with the indwelling Holy Spirit, um, man, we can live as Jesus lived. The Bible wouldn't command us again and again to live like Jesus if it was impossible. Right? 
It doesn't mean we're going to get it perfect and get it right every time. We're going to make mistakes. And when we make mistakes, I'm so thankful that we have a God that's gracious and merciful and forgiving. That 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we blow it, we can say, God, I blew it. Man, I messed up. And He's faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us, to welcome us back in with loving arms. Some of you guys man, need to hear that tonight. Some of you guys might be far away from God and need that forgiveness uh, tonight. Um, but, but we've got a God that's patient with us when we make mistakes, but His Holy Spirit within us can help us and to live a life that's like Jesus, help us to become more like Jesus each and every day. Um, it's not impossible. It's not out of reach. God made it attainable for us by Jesus living a humble, regular life. And with the help of God's Holy Spirit, right, that's the only way we can do it, uh, with the help of His Holy Spirit that comes from being in relationship with Jesus. When you put your trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, and you begin to follow Him, and you know, I already talked about the miracle of, of God forgiving your sins, washing you clean, but God also comes and lives inside you, lives in you and through you by His Holy Spirit. Right? And it's that indwelling Holy Spirit that's going to give you the strength and to overcome your temptations, right? overcome sin, to help live, live that life that is more like Jesus each day. Um, and, and we all need that. Uh, so my encouragement to you guys as we wrap up here tonight is first and foremost that each of us should have that desire of, I want my life to look more like Jesus. I want my life to look more like Jesus. I want to live like He lived. I want to treat other people like He treated other people. I want to have the same priorities that He had. I want to make sure that I'm honoring God, glorifying God in all that I do. I don't just want to do things and hope that God approves. I want to specifically do the things that Jesus would do if He had my life to live, right? You know, that Jesus woke up in my bed, and he had, he had all my same resources, uh, and he had my same job, and he had my same class schedule, and he had my same friend circle. How would, what would Jesus do with those raw materials, right? That's how I want to live. Not just do all the things I was going to do anyway and hope Jesus is cool with it, right? I want my life to look like him. I want to have his priorities, and I want his priorities to shape my priorities. I want, him, I want how he thinks about stuff to change and shape how I think about stuff, Right? So that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna be looking at this semester. I am super excited and pumped about it. Um, but also, man, I want to take some time and pray that God would get us, get our hearts there. Because it's one thing to say it, but we need God's help to get our hearts there where we want it, right? Because if we don't want it, we're not gonna spend the time with Jesus. We're not gonna spend the time in this word. But we've gotta want it. So I want to take some time and pray uh, that the Holy Spirit would really burn in our hearts to want our lives to look more like Jesus. You guys hear me? Well, um, let's let's pray before the Lord tonight. Um, <laughs> Praise you, God. Praise you, God. God, I thank you that when you created each and every one of us, you didn't set us on planet Earth and say, good luck, you're on your own. Set the earth spinning and abandon us, God. God, you're a loving God, a loving Father who takes good care of his children. God, you made a way for us to know you, to have relationship with you. And you gave us your son. First is an atoning sacrifice for us so our sins can be forgiven so we can have a relationship with you. Then also to set a perfect example for us to follow. A clear example of how we should live. God, I pray that you would uh, place in our hearts a passion, a desire for us to look more like you in every way. Like those Elvis impersonators that, that study, they're devoted, they're going to make sure that, that every detail of their life, they look just like Elvis. God, God I pray more that we would have God, all the more passion that our lives would look more like you. That our character, Jesus, would look like your character. That our priorities would look like your priorities, God. 
God, would you shape and mold us to be the men and women of God that you want us to be? God, I pray that our hearts, our desires would be for you, God. That our chief desire would be to know you, to have a relationship with you, to know you, and then to make you known to the people around us, Lord. God, those of us being honest and saying, man, I, I don't know that I want my life to look more like Jesus, because I kind of like my life where it's at now. Um, Holy Spirit, would you, would you deal with our hearts, God? Deal with the things that maybe we have set up as idols, things that are more important to us than you are, God. Things that, that it's tough for us to budge because they're so important, God, but, but we know that they need to go. Holy Spirit, would you deal with those things in our hearts, God? God, would you tear down anything that we've exalted above knowing you, above pursuing you and seeing you glorified in our life, God? God, if there's any student that's here tonight and far away from you, Lord, um, God, i got to pray that they would hear your gentle call uh, back home, that, that call of forgiveness. God, we confess our sins to you. We confess, God, the ways that we've blown it uh, today, this week, this month. God, please have mercy on us. Please forgive us. And we know that you do, God. But we put our trust, our confidence, not in our own ability to do right, uh, but we put our full confidence in you, Jesus, and what you did on the cross, purchasing our freedom from sin with your own blood, dying in our place, God. We put our trust in you, Jesus. Please forgive us. Cleanse our hearts. Help us to live lives that please you. God, help our lives to be conformed in the image of you, Jesus, in every way, God. I pray that you bless these students, you strengthen them, encourage them as they go forth from here, God. Uh, God, I pray that you use them to be a light uh, to those around them. God, as they're reaching out to friends, inviting friends to life group, God, as they're, as they're wanting to share the gospel with, with lab partners and classmates and, uh, and co-workers, God, I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would open up opportunities uh, for them to be a light to the people around them. God, that many people would come to know you because the faithful witness of the individuals in this room. God, that you would use the ministry of Kyle on campus uh, this school year, this semester. God, that many would come to know you, Jesus. We'd see lives transformed for your glory. We'd be obedient to you and led by your Holy Spirit, God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.